0: FantasyPoints.com and the 2022 Franchise Focus Series is sponsored by Underdog Fantasy, the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports, with no waivers, trades, or lineup setting for season-long drafts. New users can sign up to Underdog Fantasy using promo code FANTASYPTS for up to $100 in bonus cash on their first deposit. That's promo code PTS. Head to FantasyPoints.com slash Underdog for more information. Now, let's get to the show. It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room with a single goal to help you score more Fantasy Points. Welcome back to the Franchise Focus series of podcasts here at FantasyPoints.com. My name is Joe Dolan, and today we're talking yet another Super Bowl candidate. The other day we talked the Super Bowl champions, the Los Angeles Rams with Jordan Rodrigue. Today we're talking the other L.A. team and certainly another Super Bowl contender, that being the Los Angeles Chargers, and we are talking them with a great guy. Uh, I'm talking to him for the first time, but our friend Jorge Martin, he recommended Gilbert Mansano very, very highly. You can follow Gilbert at GMansano24 on Twitter. That's Mansano M-A-N-Z-A-N-O. He is the Chargers NFL and Boxing reporter for the Orange County Register and the SoCal News Group, and he is the co-host of Compass on the Beat. Gilbert, thank you so much. Welcome to the podcast. It's great to finally talk to you.
1: Thank you, Joe. That was a great intro. You pronounced compa perfectly, and my last name, Manzano, so I appreciate the plug, and shout out to Jorge. He is an original OG Compass. So I love that guy.
0: Yeah, so um, he did, I, I have to ask you, I'm trying to make this podcast quick, um, but I have to ask you. He told me to ask you about guacamole. For those of you who don't listen to your podcast, um, you are decidedly not a fan.
1: <laughs> yeah, I do, I do not like. Uh, you know, I'll say this: I dislike heavily avocados. Uh, well, I, could tolerate, I could tolerate. I could, I, could, I could tolerate guacamole because with, with guac, you put a bunch of. You know, I love hot sauce. Hot sauce, lime. Just mm-hmm. get the get the taste out of there. Avocados, I can't do. But you know, the, the, I, I know I get, I get people. It's a hot take for people. People don't like me for that. But I save money at Chipotle. I save money everywhere. I'm not getting charged two fifty for for avocados and guac. So uh, I feel like I'm making the right choice here.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, 250 is quite a bit. Um, yeah, the guacamole there kind of mid anyway, right? Like like I, would, yeah. I wouldn't wouldn't exactly call that the best stuff. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, but we're going to get to talking about the Chargers very shortly, but I have to let you know that the Franchise Focus series of podcasts is brought to you by Evans Sports Cards and Collectibles, the best place for cards, collectibles, autographs, and more. All of our memorabilia giveaways at Fantasy Points are from Evans Cards. Evans always has the latest boxes and releases from all the top brands like Upper Deck and Panini and Tops. Family-owned small business is Evans, not a superstore, so you feel great about going there, getting to know the staff, you know you'll be treated right. If you're in person in Philadelphia, go to Evans, but the customer service is just as good if you visit the eBay store. You can get all the updates by following at Evans Cards on Twitter, liking Evans on Facebook, and heading to evanssportsnj.com for more info, including that always updated eBay store where you can get all the information on the latest releases. That's evanssportsnj.com online and at Evans Cards on Twitter. Tell them that the guys from fantasypoints.com sent you. Gilbert, you know, coming into a lot of these podcasts, I've been sitting down And I have an endless list of questions to ask people, you know, teams that have new coaches and new players, new acquisitions. And I'm sitting here thinking, I think I said it to you off air. The Chargers really have one of the most stable offenses in the entire NFL. And, I mean, I think that's probably a good thing, given Justin Herbert was in his second year with a new system. But what is your opinion on that? Do they think there's a place this offense can go in 2022 that it hasn't gone already?
1: Yeah, you know the the thing with the Chargers, Maybe maybe you don't think about it, or maybe you do because Justin Herbert's on the team and he's great. He's lights out. He he makes his offense go. Uh, but I don't think they've got they've gotten that reputation yet of being an, an offensive juggernaut. But if you look at all the kind of the the analytics and the numbers, uh, DVOA and all that, they were like top five last year. They were they were mm-hmm. great. They're they're fantastic efficient. Uh, maybe in the fantasy world they they didn't they weren't explosive enough. They weren't scoring enough points. They had they had trouble in the red zone early on in the year. Uh, but that was the first year of, of an offense with Joe Lombardi. Uh, it was Justin Herbert's second year, so there was a lot of learning and getting used to each other. So I could definitely see them getting better than that, and, and, and definitely when you think about the, the, the NFL, I could see them You know, you know when you say the Bills and the Chiefs and the Rams and the Chargers are not that behind. So uh, the Buccaneers, uh, uh, all these great offenses, I think the Chargers could definitely be in the mix for that. Uh, but as you know, Joe, in the fantasy world, when you're loaded, there's a lot of mouths to feed, so that could be an issue. Uh, but when you have Justin Herbert, you know, controlling the keys, he he is, you know, one thing I'll say about him that doesn't get enough credit. He is great at getting everybody, everybody involved. That's why you saw Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler have great years uh, in 2021.
0: So um, obviously Austin Eckler is where this fantasy team starts. You play fantasy, you you understand the guy's a high first round pick, 20 touchdowns last year, though you feel like it's going to come down there for Eckler. Do they still feel comfortable in his role though? You know, obviously he's not like a Najee Harris level bell cow, but he's out there catching a ton of passes. He's the goal line back. Do they feel like he can keep that up?
1: Yeah. It's tough for any running might take get 20 touchdowns and repeat it for, for a second year. And... Oh yeah,
0: you, you have to take the under on that. I don't care who you yeah, are, but I mean, that... the role is what's important, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. The, the role is still going to be there. But it, it, it might sound weird to say, but expect the carries and the snaps to go down. But I still expect the kind of the same efficiency numbers because, you know, I remember this guy had like maybe 12 touches in, in Jacksonville in 2019. and had 100 rushing yards and 100 receiving yards. So Austin Eckler doesn't need enough touches to make him make it work and be productive. But he's been begging the Chargers for the last year to get some help because his body is, you know, five foot 10, 185 pounds. He's not a workhorse, workhorse back like, a, you know, like you mentioned, Najee Harris or Derrick Henry. His body cannot withstand the wear and tear. So he knows that. And that's why they drafted a guy like Isaiah Spiller. But don't freak out about Austin Eckler. He's still for sure a first round pick. Uh, and, and the great thing about Austin Eckler, you know, he, he had eight touchdowns receiving. Uh, so it's not like he needs a goal line carry the one yard kind of running back, you know, and, and take it into the touchdowns. He knows how to be productive in many ways. Uh, I've seen him, you know, take wheel rats for 20 yards and, be, and get a touchdown, uh, slant rats for, for like a 40-yarder. So he can contribute so many ways. So, yeah, the touches and the snaps are going to go down. People might freak out, but this guy is so efficient. He, he he takes pride in being efficient and doing the most he can every time the ball touches his hand. So don't worry about Austin Eckler.
0: You know, I think it's funny that you said he's been begging for help, maybe kind of that bigger compliment, and it's not for lack of trying. Like, the last three years, Joshua Kelly comes in, he's a fourth-round pick, not so hot. They draft Larry Roundtree last year as a sixth-round pick. And now, finally, Isaiah Spiller, he's the fourth-round pick. Actually, you know, maybe based on his combine testing, maybe dropped a little farther in the draft than than people might have expected – What's the reason to believe? Why do the Chargers believe this is now the guy who can be that kind of power complement? Austin Eckler.
1: Yeah, yeah, Isaiah Spiller was kind of a surprise to be there in the in the fourth round out of Texas A and think a guy like Daniel Jeremiah was surprised that he was he was still available. He was like top three uh in his rankings. That uh, same thing with, with Dan Bergler from the Athletic. So th- they, were, they saw a lot of value in the guy. And, and the biggest thing that the, Char- the Chargers say it for why they believe in Isaiah Spiller and. And like you mentioned, they already, you know, they've already used draft picks. You don't you shouldn't use that many draft picks on running backs three years in a row. Uh, Joshua Kelly, Larry Roundtree, it just didn't work out. But the biggest thing with Isaiah Spiller that they say, Brandon Staley specifically, is he played in a Jimbo Fisher uh, pro-style offense. He's going to have a great transition to the pro game because he was in that. He was not just in that. He was productive uh, back-to-back years of 1,000 rushing yards. And he also showed some versatility as, as as a pass catch and running back. It wasn't a high number, but he's, he did it at Texas A&M. And, but the biggest thing for Isaiah Spiller to get his opportunity is to block for Justin Herbert. That was a thing Joshua Kelly and Larry Rauncher could not figure out to stay on the field is block. If he could figure that out, the touches, the carries will be there because, again, Austin Eckler is begging for help. So uh, if Isaiah could figure that part out, which is the hardest part, I think, for rookie uh, running backs in the NFL is to block and know your assignments, he'll be okay. Uh He's a big body running back. I know people are trying to plug him into the the short yardage kind of running back, but the Chargers are talking like you know, push Austin Eckler, be a number one running back, be a threat here, uh, and, and do a little bit of everything. Just kind of be like Austin Eckler. So uh, the ceiling is really high for, for Isaiah Spiller. I don't I don't expect him to be kind of a, a spellback or or take a breather, Austin. I definitely expect him to be in the mix and have a very productive one two punch if he could figure out the whole the rookie kind of growing pains for him.
0: And uh, speaking of rookies blocking for uh, Justin Herbert, Zion Johnson, you expect to come in. What position? I think everybody kind of had him pegged as a right guard, but do do you think there's a chance he plays another position, or is he just going to be right guard day one, one of those foundational pieces up front alongside Rashawn Slater?
1: Yeah, the, the plan for right now is to be a, a, a right guard. He played some tackle. He kind of played a little bit of everything at Boston College. But uh, the plan is right guard. And I think the Chargers really value you know continuity and chemistry and and, and being comfortable. That's why they really refused to move Matt Filer last year from left guard to uh, you know right tackle. So you know you, you already have your 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 three your trio of Rashawn Slater, which was a home run pick a year ago, uh, money well spent. on Corian Lysling and a value pick in Matt Filer. You had your trio there. So they wanted to go for a fourth. Uh, you go down the line. I think Zion Johnson will be that guy. But now they got to finish it. Like it's like you're coloring, a, you're you're coloring the page, and you're missing that one spot. And it's a, the right tackle spot, which could be kind of a uh the Achilles heel for this, this this potential juggernaut offense. And and when you have a weakness of right tackle, it can make or break your season. So uh, that's the biggest thing is the right tackle. But for Zion Johnson, I expect him to help out and and not just not just to be, you know, just to help out and be reliable. I really expect to see results in the running game. It's funny. Like Austin Eckler had 20 touchdowns, but they were not efficient as a rushing attack. When you think about rushing, you do not think about the Chargers. They were not a top rushing team a year ago. It was a pass-heavy offense, and maybe for for that reason, because it couldn't block on the right side. And now you don't have to go to that wall on the left side. You could go to the right side if Zion Johnson figures it out quickly. But also, you got an issue at right tackle. So, but when that zone game and you're you're playing a lot inside inside game, and you have Matt Filer at, at your guard with Zion Johnson. I really expect that to be kind of be a benefit for Isaiah Spiller and Austin Eckler. So that's a whole other part of it uh, that I'm glad you kind of brought up with the old line, Joe, because if that, if that running game for blocking is much better, that's better for the running backs.
0: And I mean, but let's, let's be honest. I mean, Justin Herbert's the quarterback. You have an elite pass protecting left tackle. You have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. This is still going to be a pass first team, right? And one of my questions here is at tight end, Jared Cook might not have done as much as they anticipated last year. Get some flashes from Donald Parham. They bring in Gerald Everett, though. Do you think Gerald Everett can be the guy who becomes that reliable third target on offense, or at least fourth target behind the top two receivers and Eckler? Uh, or are they expecting one of the young guys, maybe Parham or Trey McKinney, to take a step forward?
1: Yeah, that's kind of the toughest question I've had this offseason for, like, you know, where does Gerald Everett fit in and will it, will he it be productive from a fantasy kind of standpoint? I think they like him, you know, for being a versatile tight end. You know, he, he could contribute in the blocking. You could you could run that personnel 12 with him, and Parham, and and Trey McKitty. Uh, in terms of being a high-production tight end, I, I don't know. It didn't work out for Gerald Everett in Seattle. Uh, I know Russell Wilson wasn't playing much last year. Uh, he lost his job with Tyler Higby with the Rams. Uh, but they like his athleticism. He's still young. Maybe he could figure it out because there was a point with the Rams where you thought, oh, this guy could play, uh, and it just didn't work out with, with Gerald Everett. The other part of it is like there's too many miles of feet. I just don't know how much they're going to really rely on the tight end to kind of you know help you out when you have Austin Eckler, Ken Allen, Mike Williams, and and so forth uh, with the wide receivers. But I, he will definitely have a role. And the biggest thing in fantasy football, if you're the starting tight end, that's a big plus. And he's, he is the starting tight end. I don't think Donald Parham or Trey McKitty are going to take that uh, because. Again, he's versatile. He could do many things. And he's athletic. Everything I've heard about in terms of the passing attack is that he could attack the seams, uh, the middle part of the field. Uh, So they're definitely going to try to utilize that. I just don't know how much. But you could definitely say he'll be on the field, and I I expect a higher production than Jaron Cook a year ago.
0: You know, timing can be everything in the NFL with the way moves are made. And the Chargers kind of got aggressive early, re-signing Mike Williams, and they did so before the market exploded for the wide receivers, I don't know. Do they feel almost kind of fortunate <laughs> that they were able to do that? And what does that say how they feel about his overall health that they signed him to that that extension?
1: Yeah, they were. Uh, it kind of worked out for both parties to kind of you know get that three year, sixty million dollar contract for for Mike Williams because you saw it balloon. He kind of had the similar contract to Chris Godwin, and then when you look at the of wide receivers, you know it sounds about right for Mike Williams. I know people don't really see him just yet as a, a consistent kind of 15, top 15 wide receiver. But the Chargers definitely do. Uh, and, he, yeah, he was hurt to start his career. He was inconsistent. That was the biggest question that I got over the years for, for, for fantasy people. Will Mike Williams finally break out? He finally did it last year. But this team loves uh, Mike Williams. That's why I was not worried about his contract at all. Yeah, they they it expired with five years. But, you know, he proved himself with a big 2021 year. Justin Herbert loves this guy. And, and, and he trusts him so much. And crunch time, you remember that game in Las Vegas where it was fourth and ten five times. They all went to Mike Williams pretty much. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I think for him it's to be consistent for, for a back for a second year, like you see flashes where he has 10 touchdowns but not receiving yards or he has 1,000 receiving yards but not 10 touchdowns. Uh, you know, he was pretty close to that a year ago. Uh, I expect to kind of have high numbers again because he got paid $20 million a year. He's supposed to be one of the top wide receivers in the NFL, and I think he is. And when it comes to crunch time or just throwing a jump ball, he is the best in the game, I feel like, when it comes to the jump ball.
0: All right, Gilbert, I have got to wrap this podcast up very quickly because I think the Wicked Witch of the West just flew past here in South Carolina and there's a house (laughs) about to fall on top of of her sister. Uh, It is nasty outside, but hopefully I can get this question in before my power goes out. I've been asking everybody, is there a sleeper on offense you think's got an opportunity to put up some numbers who we might not have talked about already on the podcast?
1: Yeah, uh, I'll definitely go with Josh Palmer, the second-year wide receiver for the Chargers. And, and this one might be a little, you know, a little tough for Josh Palmer because the, the the way he plays, the roles have been taken. He's a big body receiver, that's Mike Williams. He's a great possession wide receiver, he could get you the first down. They have Keenan Allen for that. So He's not a burner. Jalen Guyton has the rotor contact to kind of the top off the defense, deep threat guy. But this guy is reliable. He, he he his work ethic is something that Justin Herbert always talks about. Great route runner, good blocker. He's gonna find a way to be on the field. Yeah, there's too many mouths to the field with Austin Eckler, Keenan, and Mike, and he does a lot of things similar to those guys. But this guy, I think, is gonna find the row. And you, when the guy is so reliable like that, uh, he's going to find a way. And he could, he could be a guy—maybe not this year, but down the line, I see a guy who's you know, you know, hovering around eighty, eighty catches a season. He's that reliable around the line of scrimmage. So Justin Herbert loves him. He works hard. So I say take a flyer on Josh Palmer.
0: I think that's a really interesting point, especially since you know Keenan Allen's getting a little bit long in the tooth, still very productive. Mm-hmm. And we know Mike Williams has had his injury history, though. And you're saying he could kind of bridge the gap with between those two guys. I think that's really interesting.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like last year, he had a game where he started. We all thought he's gonna kind of have a Mike Williams role. He pretty much took over the Keen Allen role, which is a lot to yeah. do, and he really resembled that pretty well. So, if you could play the Keen Allen role, which is high production, high volume, uh, take, a, t- take a take a flyer him for sure.
0: Uh, the biggest surprise of the entire day is that I made it through this podcast without my power going out. <laughs> His name is Gilbert Mansano. You follow him on Twitter at GMansano24. Uh, he is a friend of the site. He's a friend of Jorge Martin. He's a friend of me. Um, thank you so much, Gilbert, for doing this. And I'm glad we could get through the entire thing and not have to reschedule.
1: Yeah, thank you, Joe. Stay safe out there in Philly.
0: Um guys, the Franchise Focus podcast series is uh is brought to you by Evans Cards. You guys know that. It is going to continue later this week. We're going to be talking uh Raiders we're going to be talking raiders with uh, with Vic Tafer of the Athletic. Um, I am just uh, trying right now to wrap this up in as men, as good as well, maybe you heard that thunderclap right now. Um, guys, thank you so much. I'm a little flustered right now, but we'll be back later this week with many more franchise focused podcasts. My name's Joe Dolan. Everybody take it easy. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast.